What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Megan Benningsdorf on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit. Oh my gosh, it's early. I can't talk. Get to know a little bit more about her as well as her story. So Megan, I'm just going to toss it. You start wherever you'd like. All right. Thank you for having me on today. I have really enjoyed this podcast. Um, I actually found it a while ago when I was um, traveling for work and um, I just really enjoyed listening to all the stories. I mean, they're all so different, but there's always something you can relate to. So I've always enjoyed it. Um, but my husband and I, we got married in 2016 and we always know, knew we wanted children, but we kind of knew we wanted to wait a while. And so finally we decided we were ready at the end of 2018. And, um, so that February we started trying and I'm one of those crazy people that thinks like, you know, you can tr- control getting pregnant right away. And so you're trying to do everything possible. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so I was trying to do those ovulation test strips and except for, I didn't really understand how, understood how they worked. Like, you know, I thought like, there's two lines it's positive or something I don't know I was crazy so my husband leaves on this fishing trip I had fishing trip which I think is crazy I don't think that's a vacation but he loves it um and while he was gone I was taking these ovulation test strips and I thought I'd gotten a positive test so like I thought great this is our first first month trying and here we already missed this window so like I was so mad at him and we got home or he finally got home like a few days later and we went about the rest of the month like we didn't really think we were trying because I thought I'd missed the window because I didn't know how to read these test strips and um, later on in that month I took a pregnancy test and it was negative but I didn't think anything of it a few days later I have some bleeding but like it was more like light spotting but I had only been off birth control for a couple months so like here I just thought it was like um, my period regulating or something I don't know um, And then I started like getting some symptoms, like I was feeling sick, but again, didn't really think anything of it. And one of my coworkers at school, she had made a joke, like asking if I was pregnant and I like totally blew her off. I was like, no, no, no. Like I had a negative test. Of course I'm not pregnant. Um, So then a few days later, I started taking these ovulation tests again. And um, I noticed that the line was like really weird. Like it was really dark. And I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced this, but from what I've read, like somehow like the HCG hormone and LH hormone are similar. And so sometimes you can pick it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've actually, I've, I've actually used them as a pregnancy test before. Cause I was that desperate. <laughs> well, like it was so bizarre. Like it freaked me out. Cause it was like so dark and it was for days in a row. And I was like, okay, something's off. But yeah. at this point, like, I still don't think I'm pregnant. So I'm like, whatever. So I finally take one of those like cheap pregnancy tests that come in the kit. And as soon as the line went across, it was, it was dark. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I mean, here I'm like gung ho about getting pregnant, thinking like trying to do everything I can, you know, to get pregnant. And I have no clue I'm pregnant. Um, I think when I took the test, I was finally like six weeks along, which is crazy to me that I was like so gung ho and I had no idea. 
but um so then I started experiencing all the symptoms you know I was like super nauseous I was throwing up every morning and it was crazy and everything seemed to be going good I mean when you're in that first stage of pregnancy, you really don't have anything to go off of other than pregnancy tests, which I feel like I took a million of them, and then um, your symptoms. So we thought, you know, everything's fine. Um, we got to about the 11-week mark, and um, we were getting really excited. Um, it was a week till Easter, and we were going to tell our families at Easter that we were pregnant. And so I had done up these cute little gifts that we were going to give everyone. And then the next day, everything changed. Um, this was kind of like the first sign that like something couldn't be right. Um, I was getting ready for work and all of a sudden, I well, I went to the bathroom and I noticed like one spot of blood. It wasn't a lot, but just enough like to freak me out. And so like I'm frantically like trying to get out the door because I don't want to be late for work. And But I'm like freaking out because I don't know what's going on. Um, and so I ended up calling my doctor. And I wasn't supposed to go in until 12 weeks, but um, they decided to let me come in that day, which I was glad because I was freaking out, like trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and one thing, like when we got there, we had asked right away um, if we would see, if we would have an ultrasound. Um, my mother-in-law works in radiology and she answers the phone and we hadn't told them we were pregnant yet. So I'm like, we were, my husband and I were kind of panicking. We're like, if they call over, she answers the phone. Like, that's a great way to find out your son and his wife are pregnant. And then um, that we might be miscarrying. And this would be their first grandchild. So we just, like, did not want to do that at all. And they kind of, like, reassured us, like, we weren't going to have an ultrasound that day. But then at the same time, it was kind of like, okay, something's wrong. Like, why wouldn't we do one? We were just kind of more like, we wanted to go over and tell her first before they called over. But um, the doctor came in, he did the whole Doppler thing, checking for a heartbeat. He, he couldn't find one. And he was just, he was kind of like wishy-washy about it. He was like, you know, you might be so early that we can't really tell, or it might be too early to use this yet. And I'm thinking I'm supposed to be 12 weeks in like a few days. Like there should be a heartbeat by now, but I'm like, whatever. He's a doctor. He knows what he's doing. And then he pulls out this like ultrasound thing, but it's like not like a normal ultrasound machine. It was like one that was connected to his phone and it was like the weirdest thing. And he kept looking around and he kept telling us that he was looking for something reassuring, looking for something reassuring because if there was a heartbeat, that meant their, the risk of miscarriage would go down. But he wasn't telling us anything. So we were kind of starting to get worried, but like we didn't know. And so he sent us over to get labs and um, get my HCG pulled and when that came back, we went back in his office and he told us like my numbers were like 50,000, which I had no idea what that meant. But I remember asking him being like, so you mean to tell me I'm pregnant? I'm not crazy. And he just like gave me this like dumb look like, yeah, but we don't know if you're actually like pregnant. And so I was just like really confused. And he was like, it was weird because he was like trying to reassure us that it might be too early, but he was also like trying to he was like kind of telling us that like, you know, this might be a miscarriage, but it was just really weird. And so then he told us that, um, the next week at my 12 week appointment, if he still didn't see a heartbeat or anything, then we'd go for an ultrasound. So we kind of like left like super just so confused and like, are we miscarrying? Is it okay? And the only thing he really told us was like, 
if you start experiencing some heavier bleeding, like, let us know. And I was like, okay. So we go home and like the rest of the week, I don't have any spotting or any bleeding. So we're like, okay, maybe this is okay. Maybe it was just a fluke. And so then Easter rolls around and it was really hard, but we decided to go ahead and tell our families. Um, and I mean, we're definitely glad we did, but it was one of those things like we told them and they, we got their excitement, but then we quickly had to be like, but please don't tell anyone. Um, we might be having problems. We might be miscarrying. We don't know what's going on. So in some ways I'm kind of glad we got like that to experience like the excitement for us because like, I don't feel like we'll truly like ever get that excitement again, but it was just kind of like, we felt like we were ripping their hearts out because especially with his parents, like it would have been their first grandchild. So it was just, it was kind of a weird thing. Um, but we definitely knew we wanted their support. And so the rest of the week goes by and nothing happens. And then the night before I'm supposed to go in, I start having bleeding again. And it was light at that point. It wasn't like heavy or anything, but it was enough that like, I just knew, I knew it was over. And my husband was trying to be as awesome as he could. And he was like trying to reassure me like, no, 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 like it could be normal. Like we don't know yet. Like let's go tomorrow and try to figure out. And I just like remember not sleeping all that night. Cause like in my heart, I knew it was over, but like, I didn't want it to be obviously. And it was just so hard but um the next day we went back in for our appointment and the first thing the doctor asked me he goes so how's it been going and I told him I had had some more bleeding and he goes well I figured that would happen I'm like okay what the heck if you figured that would happen like shouldn't you have prepared me more for it so I just remember being like so mad at him and um he did like a quick check again with the Doppler and the ultrasound thing that was really weird and of course he didn't see anything. So we got sent over for an ultrasound right away. And, um, we got over there and ultrasound tech, she was really nice. I mean, we knew her because of, um, his mom and, um, but you know, when you hear, when there's silence in the room, you just, you know, and like, if I didn't already know from the night before, it's just my heart sank. Like, I don't think my husband like totally like had it figured out yet, but I knew like, if there would have been a heartbeat, like I'm, I would have assumed they would have showed us or whatever, but so there wasn't. And the ultrasound tech leaves the room. She comes back in. She says, okay, your doctor wants to see you. And so we go out. So I have to get dressed again We go out in the hallway. And like my mother-in-law was out like kind of by her desk and she just like looked at us and she goes, how did it go? And I go, well, she can't tell us anything. And she just starts crying. And I'm like, okay, there's like some more confirmation. Um, and we go back in and see my doctor and the first thing he says, well, the ultrasound showed that there was no baby. And I just remember being like, so confused by that. Like I was, I'm pregnant. I have positive HCG, like how's there's no baby. And so then he explained that I'd had a blighted ovum, which really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but I, I mean, he gave us our options. He told us like, I could do the medication, the misoprostol, or I could wait for it to happen naturally, which um, I was kind of starting to figure out, like, I had miscarried so early on, and my body wasn't really fully recognizing it yet, so I'm like, that's probably not a good option, and then we were told that um, we would have to have a DNC if we had problems, but, like, we were never really given that option, so um, we decided to go ahead with medication, and of course, like so many other people are told, he told us that 
I should expect like a heavy period with like normal cramps. I'm like, okay, I can handle that. Like no big deal. Um, but we, so we got the medication, we went home and, um, it, I mean, it started pretty much right away. And I like, at this point it was like heavy bleeding. So, and like normal cramps. So like, I, I didn't really think too much of it. I mean, I felt like I was more sick from the pain, um, the, or from the pain medic, not pain medication from the misoprostol than anything. Um, with this miscarriage, I wasn't given any pain meds or anything, but um, I just feel like that medicine just really screws with you and it's awful. But so over the next week, you know, I have like normal bleeding, don't really think anything of it. One day at work, I like feel like this pain. And so I go to the bathroom and I like pass a clot. And I, I assumed at that point it was um, the gestational sac, which that was the first like clot I'd passed. But of course I wasn't really told what to expect. So I didn't really think to anything of it, but um, so then the next few days I just start spotting and then two weeks out from when I had taken the medication the first time, um, all of a sudden I'm at work and I just feel this rush of blood and I swear it felt like I was peeing my pants. I didn't know what was going on. I was freaking out. So I go to the bathroom and I, there's like so much blood. And so I'm like frantic, like trying to clean myself up, like trying to find my boss like and at that point he knew what was going on and he was like very supportive of it but I was like mortified like I had just blood through my clothes at work and now I have to go tell my boss that like I need to go home I'm having problems and that was just like traumatic in itself um so I call the doctor and he tells me they tell me to come back in I'm calling my husband like freaking out because we had been told if we have problems we have to have a DNC and of course, like I was scared to death of surgery, so I didn't want to do that. And I go back in and he talks to me for like, I don't even think five minutes. And he goes, well, you know, it's going to be a while before you have a heavy period again or have a regular period. I'm like, okay, dude. Um, like, I understand this isn't my period, but like something's not right. So he sends me back to get my HCG pulled again. I get it pulled and it's still at like 4,000. And so he basically tells me my numbers aren't dropping fast enough, so I need to get back on the medication. So I was pretty upset about that because um, I just felt like he, like, blew me off. Like, he didn't really care. Um, I know, like, he sees so many patients, but, like, I'm freaking out. This is my first pregnancy, and I have no idea what's going on. Um, I've never that sounds awful. <laughs> he is literally the worst. Like, he sounds so bad. <laughs> As I, like, talk to everybody, I'm like, do not go to this doctor. Do not go to this doctor. <laughs> and then, but, like, my sister-in-law had her, had him for her pregnancy, and she loved him. And so that's why, like. You know what? So he's probably great with a healthy pregnancy, but doesn't know what the fruit to do <laughs> And that's everything else. I've yeah. heard. Everything I've heard about him, like, if you have a smooth pregnancy, like, you love him. But if you have problems, you hate him. So, yeah. clearly, I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> but, so then that weekend, like was the most traumatic thing of my life. Like, I, like, think this is when I, like, truly started the miscarriage. Um, I, the bleeding was so intense, and the, like, the pain, oh my gosh, I was in excruciating pain. Um, we, I wasn't given any pain meds, and I wasn't told to take anything, so, um, I, at this point, I'm, like, throwing up because I'm in so much pain. I'm trying to do anything I can to get it under control, so I'm taking pain meds, like just Tylenol and ibuprofen, but like, I don't know if it's getting in my system because I'm throwing up. 
and I mean, we truly like we're debating the ER, but it was like, we live a half hour away from the hospital and, um, just the thought of having to like be in that pain in a car and bleeding like crazy. Like I didn't think I could make it. So like, I didn't think I could handle it. So, um, my husband helped me get comfortable in the bathroom. I camped out there for several hours and now eventually it got better. And like, I was able to actually like go to bed, but those like hours were like so traumatizing. Like, um, you know, when you miscarry for the first time, like some doctors, like they don't truly warn you. Like, I felt like I would rather you tell me like how bad it can be. So then if it's not as bad, like, you know, I don't get too worked up, but like, if you tell me it's going to be a heavy period, like I'm going to be freaking out. So I wish you would have just been honest with us, but then the next day was mother's day. And like, that was really like really hard for me because, you know, I should have been experienced as like an expecting mother. And here I am, like just had like the most traumatic experience of my life miscarrying and, um, and granted our family knew we were pregnant, obviously and miscarried, but like no one like really acknowledged or was acknowledging it. Um, my one sister-in-law was really good. She was the one that kind of like organized the brunch with my side of family. And she was like, you know, if it's too hard for you to come, like, I understand, but like, if you do want to come, like, I'll still honor you. And so like, that really meant a lot to me because like, I mean, I know I had lost my baby, but like at the same time, like in my heart, I was still a mom. So that meant a lot, but we kept going through like the process of miscarriage and, you know, after about another week or so, like it, it stopped and it was done. And, um, then that's like when the two grieving process started for me. Cause I'm like one of those people where like I've delayed reactions. Like I like have to get through one thing first. So I was so focused on getting through the physical part of it that I didn't really deal with the emotions and I definitely didn't deal with them well. But, um, I spent a lot of weeks at school just feeling like I was like trying to survive. Um, um, and like the emotions for me, like came in waves, like some days I'd be doing really good. And then other days, like I felt like I'd hit rock bottom. Um, you know, there's so many triggers around, like, it seems like once you miscarry, like everybody is pregnant or they're posting pregnancy updates and it's just a lot to process. And, um, I felt like a lot, like I was just trying to fake a smile and, we weren't like silent about our miscarriage. I mean, my husband really was, he didn't talk about it, but I like told quite a few people just because like, um, I knew I needed some support, but not like a lot of people knew. And, but some of the people that didn't know, you know, they're trying to say stuff, but they don't really know what to say. And, um, in that first month, I think my husband and I heard the whole at least statements like a million times, like, at least you're still young. At least you knew you could get pregnant. At least you weren't that far along. At least you didn't know it was a boy or girl or not. At least fill in the blank. Like, and those just like really hurt us because like, I felt like it like tried to minimize like what we were going through. And, um, that was just like really awful. And I just wish people would have been like, I'm here for you if you need to talk like that kind of thing, thinking of you. Um, and so then in this time we're starting to try again. And that too was just like, really weird because you're grieving the the first baby you lost in like the lifetime of what ifs but you're you're now trying for a new baby and I just it was really hard and um it was frustrating because like the first time I got pregnant on the first try and now this time it was taking a couple more months and um I was just I was definitely not in a good place over the summer as we were trying again and 
Um, at the end of August, we found out that we were pregnant again. And this time I found out right at four weeks. Um, but we definitely called and got a different doctor. And I was really relieved. We got into this doctor that she only takes so many um, OB patients per month. And so I was really relieved that we got into her right away. Um, and she was really proactive with everything. Um, she wasn't going to see me till eight weeks, but being said I'd had a prior miscarriage, she did the whole HCG and progesterone check. Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but we are blessed enough to have a brand sponsoring us today that I personally highly recommend, and that is Fairhaven Health. Many of you have probably seen my YouTube video reviewing their baby dance fertility-friendly lubricant, but let's talk about them as a company. As a trusted leader in reproductive health, Fairhaven Health's natural products are developed and formulated in partnership with trusted medical experts, including doctors, OBGYNs, nutritionists, and naturopaths. From top fertility supplements for both men and women, FH Pro and Fertilade, to Isolove Isotonic Vaginal Health Gels and fertility-friendly lubricant and Milky's nursing support products, Fairhaven supports your entire journey into parenthood and beyond. After you make a purchase, Fairhaven Health offers full access to its knowledgeable and friendly in-house customer service team who are always happy to assist. Check out their wide variety of products at fairhavenhealth.com or by using the link in the description of this episode. Thank you, Fairhaven Health, and thank you to all the listeners supporting our sponsors as it helps us continue to provide this content to us all for free. Now let's get back to it. The next day I got a call that my progesterone was low, and so she didn't really know if it was like a me issue or if it was a pregnancy issue, but um, she had me go back and at the 48-hour mark to do my HCG to see if it had doubled. Um, and so we went and did that, and... It was just really nerve wracking waiting. Um, my brother and sister-in-law were about 11 weeks along, um, pregnant at this point, and they were announcing that they were pregnant. And I was really excited for them and we were really happy that it was their first, it'd be, it's their first baby. But um, at the same time that they were announcing, we were kind of going through this, are we losing our pregnancy again? Um, so it was a really rough weekend. Um, and of course they didn't know we were pregnant at this time. and. Um, we just were seeing all the posts the congratulations and it just was really difficult. But on Sunday through my app, I got back that my HCG had doubled. So I was really pumped. And um, when my nurse called and talked to me on Monday, she said, you know, it's a good sign that it doubled, but you know, we won't know for sure um, until you come in. And of course they didn't want to see me till eight weeks. So we just kind of had to play the waiting game for the next couple of weeks. And um, you know, with the first pregnancy, I experienced so many symptoms. And with this one, I just, it took a long time for the nausea to set in. And I don't really know if it's maybe because like, I knew so much earlier on this time that I, that it just felt like it was taking forever, but I just never really truly felt pregnant this time. Um, but I, we were trying to be optimistic. My husband definitely did a lot better job at it than me. Um, he just kept trying to be like, we don't know anything's wrong. We don't know anything's wrong. Um, your numbers doubled, so it's it's a good sign. But to me, I just always had that like gut feeling like something was wrong, and so like I I feel bad saying this, but like I never felt like I let myself get excited about that pregnancy. Like I just felt like I was in fear the whole time. Like I didn't want to go through the miscarriage again, and I just it was weird. Like I was excited in in some ways, but I just it truly wasn't excited like I was the last time. I just I knew it was wrong. Um, so he just kept trying to reassure me and be optimistic, but I just, I had that gut 
feeling. And we went in for our eight week appointment and, um, my doctor, she did like the ultrasound and clinic herself. And, um, she first tries it over the belly and she goes, you know, I just not seeing what I want to see. So we'll try the vaginal one. So she leaves, has me get undressed and like comes and comes back and she does that one. And she's looking around and she like had the screen pointed to us, which I really appreciated because with the first pregnancy, like we never got to see anything. Um, and so she's looking around and she goes, okay, so here's the pregnancy sack. She goes, but I'm not seeing anything in there. And so at that point again, like, I'm like, okay, we're having another, another blighted ovum. Um, and she kept looking around she didn't see anything. And so she like stops the ultrasound and she, um, has me get dressed and she leaves and she comes back and she starts talking to us and she goes, you know, it's still early. So I don't want to make the call yet. She goes, but I really do think it's another blighted ovum. And she goes, but we should probably kind of look at what that means. She goes, you know, with one, we don't really get too worried because miscarriage is so common. She goes, but with two in a row, she goes, especially with blighted ovum, she said, um, she goes, it could be a sign that you just have really, really bad luck. She goes, but it also could be a sign that there's a genetic issue, like a genetic incompatibility with you two. And like that, like really like freaked us out. Like I was really glad she was really like frank with us. Like she was straight to the point, but at the same time, like not only are we like now we're miscarrying again, but now you're telling us like we not, might not be able to have kids of our own, like what's going on. And um, she just, she wasn't like, um, too worried about it, but she like, was just like kind of sharing with us, like what her concerns were. And she was really, really nice about it. But, um, then she started kind of talking to us about her options. Like if this is a miscarriage, would we want to do the misoprostol again or wait for it to happen naturally? She did offer me a DNC, but she basically said, um, she didn't recommend it, but if I needed it emotionally, she would do it or she would schedule it. Um, so she told us, you know, just think about it. Um, and then over the weekend, we, or that day we had to get blood draw again. And then two days later on Saturday, I'd have to go in again and get to check to see my numbers had doubled. And so she just told us just to kind of think about it. Um, so I got my ECG pulled and it came back at like 63,000, which I felt like was high for like what I thought it was. But, um, my doctor was like, you know, it went up, so we can't really say anything yet. We'll have to do a repeat ultrasound. Um, but then my HCG did continue to go up over the weekend. It didn't double, but it still went up. So we kind of like, we're still at that, like what's going on stage. Um, and then we went in a week later for a repeat ultrasound and the ultrasound confirmed that it was a blighted ovum. And, um, we weren't able to meet with my doctor that day because she was in the hospital with patients. And, um, so I had to talk to my nurse on the phone and she's kind of talking to me about my options and like with my experience with the misoprostol the last time, I really did not want to go through that again. So I was really wishy-washy about it and like wanting to more go the DNC route. And she's talking to me and she's kind of like reassuring me, asking me like, apparently they give it to you different ways. And my first doctor had me take it orally. And my nurse said that whenever they have someone take it orally it never goes right, it like is always a bad situation. So I'm like, okay. So then they told me I would take it vaginally. I'm like, all right, we can try it. And she's like telling me that um, I would be given medication for pain and stuff like that. So I felt better about it. Um, and my nurse was working in the ER that weekend. So if I had any problems, like 
um, I could just call over there and talk to her. So that made me feel better. Um, and so then the next day we went in and we talked to my doctor and she again was really like against the DNC, but, um, we decided to go with the misoprostol again. Um, and she, I think she was just trying to do anything to get me to do this medication because she really didn't want me to do a DNC. I think she said something about like the risk of scar tissue or something. I don't know. But she's like asking me like what pain medications I want. And so first she like prescribes me ibuprofen, like the prescription grade. And I was like, okay, that should be fine. Like, you know, I did it with nothing last time. And she goes, are you sure you don't want anything stronger? And I was like, no, I'll be fine. Uh, just advice to anyone if they give you pain medication like take it don't don't try to feel like you're tough and don't need it but um and then she gave me some nausea medication and um i started the process um that night i took the medication and i had a little bit of bleeding but like nothing bad um and i think i passed like one clot but then the next day i had to take my second dose and nothing happened um, and so I was out of medication, so I had to get a hold of my doctor for a third dose. And so I get that, and finally Sunday afternoon I take that, and then it finally started. And I had ex I was experiencing like the really heavy bleeding, the passing of all the clots, and so um, it was happening. And that I thought I had gotten through like the worst part of it that night, and so I went to bed got up the next morning and, you know, I felt fine. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to work. Um, that did not go well. I went to work and by 8.30, my associates had kind of ganged up on me and they had found my principal and told him I needed to go home. Um, so by nine o'clock I was leaving school um, and I just was like so defeated, like, because like I thought I could handle it and my body was just like not going to allow me to work that day. Um, so I go home and I miscarry, I'm like continuing to miscarry and I talk to my nurse or my nurse calls me that afternoon to check in on me and, um, which I really appreciated because with my first doctor, like there was no follow up and it was just, I was on my own, but she called to check up on me and ask how things were going. And, um, um, so I just kind of like had to stick it out. I did take a fourth dose just to make sure like everything was like coming out. And then the next day I decided to take off from work just as like I decided like emotionally I just needed a day. Um, so I'm really glad I did that. And then the next day I wasn't at school. I was at a training. So that was like a good day back just because um, I teach preschool. So I, my kids are very, very active and I'm all over the place with them. So I need to kind of more of just like a, a calmer day, um, with adults. And so then I went back on Thursday and for a half day, just because I had an appointment and it was really good to see my kids. And of course they're asking questions like why I was gone. So that was hard because, you know, you can't tell them they don't understand, they wouldn't understand and they shouldn't understand anyways, but just having to tell them I was sick and all of that. Um, so we go back in. Thursday afternoon for an ult another ultrasound, which um, my doctor had wanted to do one just so she could make sure everything had passed. Um, so I go in and I kind of noticed like the ultrasound tech is doing more. Um, and I don't know if like it was because this was like a pelvic one instead of an, um, instead of a pregnancy ultrasound, but um, she was explaining to me more what she's doing, like checking out my ovaries and everything, but she really wasn't saying a whole lot. Um, and then I go back and meet with my doctor and she tells me like I hadn't passed everything. So I have to get back on this medication, 
which I really wasn't excited about um, just because it just really made me feel awful. But um, then she also started talking to me and goes, so with your previous alter or previous miscarriage, do they ever tell you about your ultrasound? I'm like, no, like I just had the one. And she goes, well, it looks like you have a abnormality with your uterus. It looks like it's heart shaped. She goes, I was hoping to hear from the radio radiologist before I saw you, but um, I haven't heard from them yet. And she started explaining that it looks like I had a septum in my uterus, which is basically like a wall from what I understand. Um, and so then she told me, you know, after you get cleared from this pregnancy that um, we'd refer you on to a specialist. So I, I mean, in a way I was kind of excited because like, I felt like maybe this would be an answer, but then she kind of like told me like, this didn't really cause my miscarriage. Like this would be something that would make it more difficult if I had a viable pregnancy in the future to be able to carry it. So um, that was kind of tough, but at the same time, I was kind of happy that we were going to get to go see one, somebody to kind of get answers. Um, so over the next week, I take this next round of medication and um, I think I passed everything and I get cleared for my pregnancy, like I think two weeks later. Um, and then we start the process of getting referred on and that like took forever. And in this process, like our initial due date from our first pregnancy came up and you know, that day's hard. Um, that day you're supposed to be, should have been the day you're bringing home a baby. And instead I'm now just been through my second miscarriage and we still don't, we don't really know what's going on for sure. Um, so that was a tough day. And I had someone on Facebook that um, we were due about the same time. So all throughout these miscarriages, I had been seeing her pregnancy updates and now I'm seeing her posting pictures of her new baby. And so that was, that was really hard. Um, but we finally get into the specialist and um, we have a date. And so we just saw the specialist this last week and we went in and, you know, they do the whole fertility screen um, being that we have uh, recurrent miscarriages now. Um, and we talked to the genetic counselor and he's talking to us, like asking us if we had done any genetic testing with the tissue and um, the pregnancy. And with the first pregnancy, it was never offered to us. But with the second one, she offered it to us, but she was like, it's usually comes back that's a chromosomal abnormality. And so there's nothing you can do about it anyways to prevent it in the future. So it's a really expensive test. I mean, if you want to know, you can know, but it's, there's nothing we can really do with it. So I was like, okay, so we decided not to do it because to me, like having to collect all the clots and things just seems like more emotionally traumatic than what I felt like it would be worth for answers. But then we're talking to the genetic counselor and he's like, you really should have had it tested because at least we'd have a starting point. So like that was frustrating that like we could have had that option. We could have done that, but kind of just based off of where we, we were steered, which my doctor, she meant well, but um, he just was, he's really big on testing. Um, and so then we had a, we had an ultrasound and um, I don't really feel like the tech took her time. She like was really fast. and then we go back to the room and my doctor's kind of like, well, we couldn't get a clear ultrasound picture. Your uterus was tilted. I'm like, okay. So now he's not sure if it's a septum or bicoordinate, but we have some sort of abnormality going on. So we're having, um, we have scheduled for surgery for this coming week, but um, I have to have an MRI on Monday. And based off that, we'll see if we go in through with surgery, which 
I, it sounds weird, but I really hope we have surgery just because that means it's something that can be fixed. Um, so that's kind of where we're at with that right now. But um, I think one thing that was like really helpful for me um, with pregnancy and infant loss awareness day, um, I decided to make a Facebook post sharing a journey just because I felt like so many people were talking about, about what was going on with us, especially with like the second miscarriage. Um, I missed a lot of work. So people kind of started figuring out what's going on. So I wanted to share our side of the story and I got a lot of support with it and which was awesome. Um, and you know, some of the hard days I go back and read some of those posts and it's just, or those comments, and it's just encouraging because, you know, women sharing their stories or just offering little words of encouragement and support. It's really nice. But, um, so yeah, that was really helpful, but so right now we're just kind of in that limbo phase of where, what do we do next? Um, we're waiting for surgery, hopefully, and then I'm guessing after that we'll start talking about the fertility stuff. But yeah, I hope you have surgery. Like you said, it sounds weird. <laughs> I know I hope you do. I hope that's the answer. You know. Well, and it's been frustrating because like I have to get all the stuff for lined up for school. I have to find a sub. I have to find people to cover certain things for me, and I. And I've told my boss, like, hey, I'm scheduled to have surgery, like, but it could get canceled. And they're really great about it. But, um, and another thing was, I, like, from everything I read online, like, of course, Dr. Google, um, but I had read that, like, this was, like, a minimally invasive surgery. Like, you'd be out for a few days, no big deal. And then I'm asking my doctor how long I have to be out, and he goes, two to six weeks. I'm like, what? Holy crap. Oh, and man. I think. I think part of it's because he wants to like do biopsy and kind of like check things out too. I don't know, but I'm just like two to six weeks is a long time. Yeah. So, does, okay. Does he mean like, like on the TTC side of things? Well, no, he said like the recovery, like being out of work oh. two to six weeks. And he's like, you know, people who have desk, desk jobs are typically two weeks. People with heavy lifting are six weeks. So I was like, okay, Dang. I don't have a desk job. I don't do heavy lifting. So I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. But, you know, Christmas break is coming up. So I'm yeah. um, from surgery date to the date we come back to school is three weeks. So I'm okay. kind of hoping like that's like a good time to come back. And it's going to yeah. be really hard. Like if I do, do have surgery, like which hopefully I will, um, telling my kids at school that I'm going to be gone because I like, I hate being gone and I've been gone so much this year. Like, and my kids like ask questions like I had to be gone on Tuesday and they're like, why? Well, where are you going? It's like, I just have to go to the doctor for a checkup. And then I had to tell them I have to be gone on Monday. And I'm just like, I'm just going out of town. So like they're asking questions, but like, obviously they're young. They don't understand. Like mm -hmm. they think you go to the store and get a baby because some of my kids have asked yeah. me. One of, <laughs> one of my little boys goes, Mrs. B, why don't you have any kids? Why don't you want kids? I'm like, oh, that crushes my heart because like, yeah. and I'm glad they're young and they're innocent. They don't understand. But at the same time, it's just like pulls at your heartstrings. Um, but so I'm like dreading having to tell them I'm going to be gone because I know they're going to be asking questions. And um, obviously I'm not going to tell them why I'm gone, but um, it's just going to be, it's going to be hard, but mm -hmm. yeah. So that's kind of where we're at, at right now. But well, the best of luck to you. Keep me posted. Okay. I always, I always ask at the end of every episode, which I feel like you've already hit this, but I'm going to ask anyways, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I think for me, it would be just like, 
finding someone to talk to about it because I think especially with my Facebook posts, like um, a bunch of people like realized what was going on with us. And so I started talking more to people and I have a friend, um, she's been through the infertility journey um, with multiple miscarriages and IVF. And now she has a adorable little girl and she's just been awesome to talk to just because like she's been there and she like, she tells me the truth of how it is. And um, she's going goes to the same fertility clinic that we are going to and so I just she's been awesome like just to have someone to talk to and like our family has been great but none of our family members have been through miscarriage so they don't really understand Mm -hmm. um and for a long time it felt like they just didn't want to talk about it um I don't know if just because they didn't know what to say or it was uncomfortable but I'm kind of like I've kind of got past that point where I was just like no like we're hurting. I'm going to talk about it. I'm sorry if it makes you uncomfortable, but um, we need to talk about it. So I think just talking about it, like, don't feel like you're in it alone. Find someone you can talk to, someone you can listen to, or someone that can listen to you. But yeah, just, I think, just talk about it. Don't keep it to yourself and try to deal with it all yourself because that doesn't really help. You need support. It's difficult. And I don't really think that anyone should have to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, I have Instagram, but I'm one of those people that don't really, I don't post. Um, so mm-hmm. Facebook is probably better. Okay. All right. Well, I will go ahead and I'll link your Facebook in the description okay. of this episode. If anybody wants to shoot you a message, then they okay. can do so. Um, but I so appreciate you jumping on and sharing your story. It means the world and it's going to help so many people. So thank you so well, much. Thank you. I'm glad you have this platform where people can share. It's, it's awesome. Thanks. Okay. So <laughs> keep me, keep me posted though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I'll All do right. that. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.